Hey folks, just a reminder that the Liquorland podcast is now available on Stitcher. You can download the app, you can listen to us on the go, you can download episodes, you can rate us, you can review us, and you can share us with your friends. That's the Liquorland podcast now available on Stitcher. All right, people, let's do this. I really need this to work. It's time for the Liquor Lamp Podcast with Joe Joe Lewis. Hey folks, welcome to the Liquor Lamp Podcast with Joe Joe Lewis. I am Joe Joe Lewis. That means you are now listening to the Liquor Lamp Podcast, either on iTunes, either on our website, theliquorlamp.blogspot.com, or on Stitcher, which I believe is the preferred way to listen to the show. Uh, you guys, today's show is a good one. I'm talking to the very entertaining, very funny Mazzy McDade. She's a, she's a sweetheart, and she's a really nice person, and uh, we talk a lot about primarily... Okay, folks, this is, a, this is something about the landscape lately of comedy in Sacramento. There is a show, I'm going to tell you about this, there's a show that uh, takes place every Thursday in an alleyway between 23rd and 24th Street by like the S Street intersection in Sacramento and it's in an, it's in an alley and you go down the alley and there's this creepy like a chain link fence with a courtyard that has been described as like the main set of Sanford and Son and you go in and then there are these double doors that say win on them and you open it and there's this uh, brick space where there are chairs and a PA system. And that's where every week uh, comedians John Gamora and Mazzy McDade put on a show which they call The Deep End. And it is by far, it is my favorite room in town to perform comedy. I, I mean, other than, you know, packed out, you know, punchline or laughs or something like that. It is the best room uh, to perform comedy in my mind. It's fun. Uh, there's, they always pack it out. Uh, they always manage to have enough people where it's like, oh, this is a worthwhile show. This is pretty great. And the room is set up perfectly that you go in there and it's like, this is a good vibe for comedy. And I wanted to talk to Mazzy. She hasn't been doing comedy for very long, but I wanted to talk to her because I wanted to kind of understand the logic behind that. Because I feel like that the the apartment show, the weird show, the show that doesn't take place in a typical venue, their show is free, the show that doesn't, the free show, there's something about that that's really attractive to me in the sense that it's kind of getting at an essential quality of comedy that I feel is necessary. Comedy is for the people. Comedy is for people to just show up and enjoy uh, for free. I'd love to make a living off it. Don't get me wrong, but I would much rather have a massive audience of people who, who enjoy it than I'm making money off the one guy who managed to find enough cash to come to the show. It, it's, it's interesting that, that this show, uh, has persisted for, for a couple of months now. And at Nope, they've never had a show where there was no audience. There's never been one where just nobody came. And there's something about that that's really interesting to me because I've gone to a lot of shows, I've seen a lot of shows, and it's always kind of like a hit or miss thing. Like there's a nervousness in performing or or creating a show because you're like, well, what's going to happen this week? Well, this show, The Deep End, has always managed to be great. And 
I really wanted to understand why, because I think that the apartment show is going to start being the preferred venue for comedy. I mean, we live in an age where you can you can literally watch your favorite comedians for free whenever you want. Uh, You just go to YouTube and there they are. And there's something about that that it like that's like the death knell of the traditional show. Because you got to remember when comedy first arose, it arose in this period where, I mean, we needed a they needed a way to get people into places to get drunk. Uh, So now that people can get drunk on their own, that can't be a that can't be the only draw. There has to be something else there. And now that people can get comedy anywhere at any time, that's kind of. It's like that's the thing that made comedy clubs really unique and really special. It was the only place where you were confirmed you could just go to get a laugh. That's not really the case anymore. People can laugh very easily, uh, which means that that market that comedy clubs have cornered for the past, you know, 40, 50 years, however long, uh, that's going to start fading. It's going to start peeling itself away leaving behind just these weird sort of one-off shows uh, that are just kind of in random spots in the back. Tonight I'm actually, I'm doing an apartment show at a friend of mine's studio apartment uh, called the Studio MG Tour, or a show by Calm Eddie. Yeah, the Calm Eddie presents uh, Studio MG Volume 4, where it's going to be a bunch of really awesome local comics just crammed into a studio apartment. If you want to go to it, it's at uh, 1321 E Street uh, tonight in Sacramento. I think it starts at 9 o'clock. Anyway, or 10 o'clock, sorry. Uh, that show, I, I've been to it once before, and I loved it. I had a great time. It was a bunch. It was 30 people who were in a, in a jovial mood. They were drinking vodka mixed with, like, Hawaiian punch. And you told jokes and you just felt wonderful because you're in this weird place and it's it's a great time. And there's something very attractive to me about a show that is lacking all the vestiges of a typical show. There's no real stage. Uh, it's just a bunch of chairs and some people and one guy up front kind of making everybody laugh. It's got a very familiar, friendly atmosphere that really lends itself to people having a very good time. And there's no pressure. That's the best thing about it. There's no pressure on you as the comedian or on the audience to, to like, this has to work. This has to be a good show because I paid so much money and took so much time out of my day. No, these shows are more casual. They're more comfortable. And they're just, they're fun. They're fun to do. And uh, so I t- that's what I talk with Mazzy about at length. We talk about some other stuff too, but it's really that. And we have a very interesting conversation. Here we go, you guys. Liquor Lamp Podcast, episode 35, Mazzy McDade. Let's do it. shouldn't be on <laughs> because like, like, I'm like, like it's for jokes what? like um what have I, you found so far on friday 
Um, I mean, I already knew of the existence of real doll forums, oh. but <laughs> yeah, that's decided, a particularly dark corner. I decided to go a little deeper into it because I was thinking, well, I mean, this is prime material, but somehow I find myself in spots where I'm like, I don't even want to use this as material like you don't want to know about. i don't yeah like i now know way too much yeah, about that's... something that like if you asked me questions about it <laughs> i would have you have actual, answers like, i would have answers <laughs> and the same with but for some reason i felt even guiltier about getting like lost in youtube lifestyle channels <laughs> That for some reason made me feel like a worse person. Like what's like what? Like what kind of channels? Um, well, just channels of girls that are famous on Tumblr that decided to do videos of themselves where they talk about <laughs> what they did this week. And then you read all the comments and it's all people talking about how pretty they are and it's really bizarre. Like it's a weird <laughs> part of our society it's like total voyeuristic yeah like, i just want to watch this person yeah it's it. completely voyeuristic and yeah. kind of endearing that people are into that but also depressing <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. it's kind of sweet that like this girl that's probably if she's doing that she needs that sort of outlet Oh, totally. Yeah, she needs that some way to get like attention. Yeah. In a less uh not gross way. Yeah, yeah, she's just kind of doing her thing and she saw that other people were doing this. So she just hopped on. And she hopped on. But it's just and it's, people cre- it's are, creepy that there yeah. are people who are like I would be so into watching that. Yeah. Like it's kind of like it's There's a lot of like I've gotten into some particularly dark corners of the internet in my many travels. Uh, one of the grimmest I've, I got stuck into a loop of was watching, um, what are they like abscess videos, abscess cyst videos. Oh, <laughs> like popping. Yeah. Stuff? Pop- poppings. I saw a bunch of articles that were written on the fascination behind popping videos and the doctors that make them and. You have people traveling from all over the world to go to these certain doctors so yeah. they can pop your zits. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird because I was like, wa- I watched one and I was like, okay, I don't, I don't feel good. But then it, it's like, <laughs> here's six similar videos. I'm like, all right, that one looks pretty good. I think it's just, it was weird. I, I was have, watching, I, started, I was like I, learning <laughs> things about myself. I'm like, okay, I just, I really like watching just release. I yeah, like I, I get... think that's what it is. One of my friends was the first one in high school, like my junior year of high school. She was like one of my weird friends uh-huh. <laughs> that I had mixed feelings about. And partially why I had mixed feelings about her was her talking about her fascination with popping pimples and how <laughs> all of her recommended videos on YouTube when she went to her homepage were all just it's weird, right? Pimples. It's I feel and the, yeah. like the little screen cap that they show in the <laughs> in the tiny little box is always the grossest moment. Ooh. Yeah, it's <laughs> and, 
It's like a teaser. It's like, yeah, okay, like, like, this, this, is, this is, what is what I'm in for. This okay. is what you're in for. And there's always that moment when you're watching where you're like, okay, it's done. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, it isn't. There's nope. another minute. <laughs> no, This is going to get worse it before over, it gets better. And it gets worse. You're in for a wild <laughs> ride. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the noise they make. Yeah. But yeah, I can I can see how uh, like some of that stuff you don't want to like use it because you don't want to think about it. Yeah, some well, things you just don't want to think about. I, I don't know. I I think some of that stuff is a little too sad that I would feel really bad that I was making fun of this thing that genuinely makes someone happy. Like there are some threads on this doll forum which has a number of sex dolls it yeah. has like a number it has like the categories are like under three thousand dollars <laughs> four thousand dollars and then like seven thousand dollars seven thousand dollars and above and that's like the top tip the it's tip the catalog of the, of yeah sex dolls. yeah it's like super crazy <laughs> and so i'm looking through these forums and all of them like make a new thread for when they get their new partner. <laughs> they call them partners? Well, I'm saying partner because for some reason it feels less disturbing to call it a partner than a girlfriend. <laughs> it just seems a little... And they'll be talking about how like excited they were when they got it. And how their heart was soaring when they first saw her face. And all of this stuff that if it were a, a real girlfriend, it would be really sweet. It would be kind of like heartwarming. Like, oh, you have found happiness but in because, this person. But, but because, because it's just this an inanimate silicon object. Yeah, it just, just like, seems really, I don't know. It, it just doesn't, I can't connect to it, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I can't, I can't you find just, you that. You just don't get it? Sort of, yeah. I, I'm trying to get it. Like, I'm, I feel like in order to really make a joke about something, you have to sort of get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do have to really understand opinion. it. You have yeah. to really understand it to really write it. Like, if I got up there and didn't know anything about these, and I would just pick the obvious things to make jokes about, like the fact that they're fucking in inanimate objects. <laughs> And yeah, it's kind of like it's a low-hanging like, fruit aspect of yeah, it. That's it's not, not even that important. Yeah, that's not even that funny. That's yeah. not, like, it's very <laughs> simple. I don't know. I mean, it is funny, but it's kind of cheap. Yeah. And so I'm trying to find, I'm pouring through of the this forum that is both fascinating me and disturbing me. And anyone who looks through my internet history is <laughs> going like, to, you, uh, yeah, they are going, going to find some questions, but I still don't erase it because I feel like that would be a really funny thing to find on my computer. <laughs> if I just get in a car accident and people start looking and they're just through like, my internet oh, she, history. She was, uh, she was going through some stuff. Maybe yeah, this is she a, was going. This is no big loss. Yeah, <laughs> through all these forums and then lifestyle YouTubers. It's the saddest internet history <laughs> with a little bit of like sad celebrity gossip in there too because I like to think that I read that stuff at times for jokes, but it's probably... Just some sort of voyeuristic. Yeah, it's that same thing. Yeah, it's, it's the same. In a, same, it's, in a different kind of direction. This is all the same type of interaction. <laughs> You're just looking at the gross. Yeah. yeah, differing subjects. 
And so I'm <laughs> I'm looking through these forums and the genuine happiness that these people feel and how they were depressed before this came to them in the mail and they were saving up for months and months and months because these are expensive things. Uh-huh. These are very expensive. <laughs> this is a... Uh, this is like an investment. Yeah, this is... <laughs> if you, you don't have disposable income... <laughs> <laughs> then this is a huge deal. And um, so, I don't know. There's, like, threads about them talking about what they like to watch on TV with their different dogs. Because some of them have, like, four of these things. Some of them have saved up the money or they're just rich. And that's how they spend their money. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about, like, each of their dolls and what their dolls like to watch. And some of them will be talking about how they hate this certain show that one of their dolls loves. And so they talk about all of these things that they do with their dolls as if it's a real relationship. Oh, my God. And it's so... I don't know. I just feel like a bully when I read stuff like that. I just feel like a really terrible person for being like, I'm going to write jokes about this because obviously that's a very sad thing. Yeah. And it, yeah, it yeah. affects me in no way. Like this, <laughs> this whole fascination that these people have and the way they choose to live their lives is... Um, kind of a lonely existence and it affects nobody else except for themselves and possibly the people they interact with in this community. And so I feel really guilty about... Like, like you're just going in like, there and just, just like, like, I'm going to yeah, root your sadness. Just like breaking down the door and spying <laughs> on these people. When, yeah, I can... when this is their like safe place, this yeah. is their happy place where they can be themselves. And here I am being a fly on the wall and judging every part <laughs> and being disturbed. And I can, yeah, I can... it is completely unrelated to my life. I could totally <laughs> see that as causing like some level of a moral dilemma. Yeah. Cause it's that, it's like, it's like you like, because there's some material that I've run into also that I'm like, I don't feel like I am a, like, I don't have a right to talk about this. Yeah. I can't make this something that I deserve to talk about. And yeah. Just, and if I try it, it doesn't work. That's the other aspect of it. If, if I try yeah. some material and it's like, it's not clear why I'm talking about this. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, <laughs> that dude, what's wrong with you? all the time. <laughs> I think my jokes are funny to me and I find them really funny. And then I realize, oh, that's because... I've had the life I have, and so if somebody else were to go up and tell these jokes, I would be laughing, but I would probably be the only one in the audience laughing. Oh, yeah, totally. I get that. I get <laughs> Just that. sort of like, I don't know. I don't know. What got you into like wanting to try your hand at, at the vulgar art of comedy? Um, like, what, was the, what was the catalyst? Because you've been coming around for like a couple of months now. Yeah, I have always been really into comedy since I was a kid. Yeah. I was really into it. Um, I guess that started out with Saturday Night Live. Uh-huh. And even when I think of all the shows I liked as a kid, the cartoon shows even, or uh, the kids' sketch shows, yeah. I was really into that. Like, 
all that and the Amanda yeah, show. <laughs> like, Amanda Bynes was, like, my ultimate hero. And so I was really into that, and I was really into... I guess I started watching SNL when I was really young, probably too young uh-huh. to be watching all that stuff. Um, I guess second grade? Second That's grade? really young. Yeah. That's way too young. A lot of the jokes <laughs> that were my favorite jokes, I didn't understand even. I just thought they were really silly. And now that I look back at them, I'm like, I liked the vulgar jokes. <laughs> and I don't know. I was really into Adam Sandler growing up. Like every Adam Sandler movie I was really into. <laughs> um, I was really into Mad TV as well. Really like sketch comedy. I yeah. also m- put together the timeline in my head of when I really started watching Comedy Central. Uh-huh. And I was a very young child watching Comedy Central <laughs> because my parents would watch it. And then I like it when people are laughing. I really oh, like yeah, totally, that. So, totally, you know when yeah, you're yeah. a kid and you see your parents totally cracking up at stuff and then you kind of want to enter that world and I would watch Comedy Central when the shows uh, on Nickelodeon were ones I didn't want to watch or something. Oh yeah, totally. Right when, it, so, right when 10 o'clock hit and it flipped yeah. to like at night you were like, oh, <laughs> I'm watching Yeah, I'm like watching I watched now. Dr. Katz when oh, I was yeah, a kid. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I watched that, and I watched South Park and all of these different shows, but um, my favorite show right now is Mr. Show with Bob and David, (laughs) and that's my main inspiration, but I watched that as a kid, too. I watched that probably in the third grade. I was really into Mr. Show. So growing up, you were kind of inundated with this, uh, like, a lot of sketch comedy and a lot of, like... Like, not sitcoms, but it was, like, they set up little scenes. Were you into stand-up at all? Was, like, stand-up part of it? Yeah, I, in the fourth grade, um, we had to do this assignment where we talked about what we wanted to be when we grew up. Uh-huh. And I said, either an agent in the CIA or a stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, I have not changed. I have not Still, changed. I've been the same. That CIA shoe is going to yeah. drop sooner or later. Yeah. <laughs> then you can pu- pursue comedy full time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's both as unrealistic as the next. But um, yeah, I was really into stand up. I was really into Mitch Hedberg okay. growing up. That I was, could see that. That's when you look at it through a kid's perspective. I think his jokes are even funnier. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. They were all like like play on words, just like yeah. just funny funny things to hear. Putting okay. frogs in jars. And... <laughs> With a stick in the Yeah, leaf. yeah, that yeah. was like my favorite joke. <laughs> because I was doing it at the time. I was like, that's insane. He's talking about that. <laughs> so That's that yeah. was his target audience was like children. Yeah. <laughs> but also like stoners. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, I was really into stand-up just as a an idea 
I uh-huh. was really into that as a kid. Okay. The idea of that was really glamorous to me. Oh, totally. I totally get that. <laughs> I guess in the way, just like the idea of someone being on stage and hundreds of people watching them as they talk and make people laugh was always a cool idea to me. Yeah, totally. I totally get that. That's why I dig it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> haven't, got, haven't gotten the hundred people to laugh yet, but it's still a, it's still a good motivator. Yeah. Like, I want to see that happen. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so uh, as a kid, really into Sketch, did like stand up as an idea because of the, was the glamour of it. So yeah. what, what got you to start like like coming out, like coming out to do stuff, like um, to be active in, in pursuing it? Because I, I feel like it's, it's, it's like you just started like a couple of months ago, yeah. I want to say. Yeah. I think it was October that I started. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it came from me. I've been writing comedy. For a long time. Uh-huh. It feels like it's a long time. It's not that long of a time, but being my age, it feels like a long time. Um, I've been writing comedy since probably freshman year of high school. So, like, you have notebooks and stuff of jokes and, like, yeah, ideas and stuff? I have a lot of stuff, but stand-up always seemed really terrifying to me. Uh-huh. The idea of doing stand-up was something that I thought I would never be capable of doing. Uh-huh. So I sort of focused on sketch comedy writing. And um, in the eighth grade, I actually took this screenwriting class and attempted to write a movie. <laughs> 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 Which is endearing. Like, I look at it like it's, it's like, oh, little eighth grade screenwriter. But, um, yeah, I, I've always been writing that sort of thing. And growing up as a kid, even when I would t- get together with my friends, we would make silly videos. Oh, okay. So okay. I have all of these videos of me and a bunch of my friends doing stuff that we think is hilarious and um that was the sort of crowd I like to be around Uh all of my friends were really really funny people okay and so um I don't know I guess I'm trying to figure out why I I just recently (laughs) came out into the comedy world because I've always wanted to be involved in it but I guess I was afraid of the failure aspect. Oh, yeah. That's and definitely, so yeah. when yeah. you write stuff, you can keep it to yourself and feel good about it. And as far as going up on stage by yourself, you're kind of... Uh, it, it's really daunting. Yeah, it makes you... <laughs> it makes you feel vulnerable. Yeah. And I was really into theater in high school, and all of my favorite parts were the comedic parts. And I felt really accomplished my senior year when everyone wrote in my yearbook how funny I was. <laughs> that was that was like a really that large was all, sense of that accomplishment. Was all you yeah, well, because I always wanted that to be the descriptor of myself. For some reason, funny is something that I find really, really important. And all of my favorite people, the first thing I think of when I think of them is funny. Uh And so 
I always wanted that to be the way I was associated. Like you wanted and, that to be a defining characteristic yeah, of like who you were. Yeah. Okay. Because I think, I don't know, there's something about it. it I don't know how to articulate myself on that, but it was always something that was really important to me. And when someone would tell me that, I would feel better than any other sort of compliment. Oh, right. I get that. Yeah. Because it's like, well, uh, being able to make someone laugh is like, oh, I'm able to bring people together. Yeah. It's like, it's, you're it's, a, like that's like saying, to say, for someone to say that you're funny, that's like someone saying you're a positive influence. Yeah, exactly. To be around. Well, and it, everyone likes being around a funny people, a, a funny people, a funny person. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone enjoys that, and if you don't enjoy that, then there's something probably there's wrong. There's something with you. very wrong something with really you, negative. and I don't want to be around <laughs> you. So go away. I understand that. So okay, so I uh, started getting into it. I think it's interesting that like one of the first things that you did when you got onto the scene is you is you started a room, which yeah. is very odd to me <laughs> because I like that's like a daunting challenge. That for, for most me, people is to set up like a place to do comedy because most of us yeah. we just kind of like go places and we just whatever's out there we get. But then you like have like built a space to do comedy that's like really really good. Yeah, that for me feels a lot safer. Really than going to a mic. Really for some reason, uh, me having control over the atmosphere makes me feel a lot more confident in my act. Oh, okay. And I understand that. So, I don't know. I, I think it was after I did an open mic at the comedy spot where nobody laughed except for John Gamora backstage, <laughs> who was probably giving me pity laughter. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. Or just laughing at the fact that I was bombing. Because as soon as I got off stage, I was laughing so hard with John about how unsuccessful my five minutes were uh-huh. but um i after that i kind of felt like i needed to start a different type of comedy community uh-huh. and i think it's amazing that sacramento has so many outlets for people and the luna's open mic is where i started and i'm really glad that was the first place i did comedy uh-huh because that was a really great supportive room to do it in. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> and I'm glad I chose to do that instead of the comedy spot open mic because that place can be brutal. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I also like that that is an outlet too. Uh-huh. But I, the type of comedy I do um, is just, sort of different from what people are used to and mm-hmm. that's often what people say when they don't do well in big rooms <laughs> so <laughs> i understand that <laughs> like, at least you have that you level of about, awareness yeah like when you talk about like well it kind of goes over the heads of some people like you have to realize that you might not be doing things completely correctly uh-huh. <laughs> because Ultimately, comedy is not about pleasing yourself. It's about 
making a, a bunch of people laugh and yeah, that's totally. how you become successful <laughs> so for me to be like well they just don't get it <laughs> and run and make off my make my own room is kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny okay but, um i don't know i i just wanted to create a space that was like a bunch of shows i've been to in la uh-huh Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, that's the kind of kind of vibe I get. It's yeah. like alty weird yeah. place to go. I go to LA frequently because my boyfriend lives there and um whenever he has work, I just go and see comedy shows. Uh-huh. And even I'll drag him to some and uh it's really the scene there is so great it's so like it's like a dream for someone like me like I go there and I feel so alive and uh it's really really great and what's great about their scene is that I mean there are house shows there are shows that they hold in the back of bookstores and various other places and um most of the shows are free. Uh-huh. So, and without a drink minimum, you can just go and watch comedy. And L.A. is an expensive place to visit, so that's a really good thing to do when you have no money <laughs> and you're in L.A. <laughs> there is literally a free comedy show with top names every night. Hmm. And so, that's the thing. Sometimes when someone's having a free show you're kind of hesitant to go because you're like, well, it's free. It must not be that great if they're not charging anything. Right. But the great thing about L.A. is just people are wanting to get out there. And so I've seen so many of my heroes for free (laughs) and in really great rooms where everyone's really cool and uh, everyone receives all the jokes well and laughs and understands <laughs> so it's like they have these shows these free shows that are like a really positive environment yeah it's for really comedy. they're just not making money off it they're just out there to like take yeah they're all the donation art. based uh-huh a lot of them are donation based so um if you're a kind human being you will donate and will pay but um that's sort of the type of room i wanted to have here because nobody else was doing that right right most most of every room here i think charges in some way luna's is the cheapest but luna's you have to get at least like a drink which is yeah 50 so every yeah every room here does charge except for uh except for yours and yours like provides free shit yeah which i think is even now i think about i'm like that is such a huge important thing to me (laughs) yeah it's really i it makes everyone a lot happier to go into an environment that's more laid back than uh-huh. a, a lot of comedy shows you go to have this sort of stuffy, uncomfortable atmosphere. And maybe that's just me. Okay. But um, I don't know. It, it's kind of an old school comedy vibe where people go there and because they're paying money, they want to laugh. Uh-huh. And... They want to get their money's worth. And so even if someone is funny, they might not be as funny as the audience wants them to be. Right. Because the audience has these huge expectations. Whereas if you go to some show in some hole-in-the-wall place that's free, 
your expectations are super low. (laughs) (laughs) Your expectations are, you're either, at least with, um, with our show, which I have not plugged yet. It's the Deep End, and it's at um, the Deep End Comedy Show. It's yeah. in an alleyway uh, between I want to say like twenty third and twenty fourth Street, yeah. in like a little art studio. It's the R Street S Street alleyway. Yeah, it's uh, it's terrifying to walk up to. It. Like you <laughs> I walk, never by, get like, there's that no sign. I don't know. I, I guess I've been going to that foodie, photo studio for a while. And so I yeah, was you know, always like, well, yeah. Uh, you and remember, then like, the everyone first time, is like terrified. Well, yeah, because the first time you, you go to it, I've been there. I think I've been to every one. But every time you go to it, like there's always this vibe like, I feel like I'm in like a factory yeah. district. And there's like small houses. And I'm like, this is a creepy place for a show. And you have to walk down the alleyway and there's these big terrifying murals <laughs> just staring down at you. And there's like broken glass. And then... <laughs> And then there's this fence, and you're like, oh, this is fucked up. And then you look into a room that, you, that with the double doors. You're like, oh, this is where they filmed Saw. And then you look yeah. in, and there's just, like, chairs <laughs> and, like, warm light. And it's like, oh, this is a comedy show. Yeah. And it feels like very like a very underground kind of a place to go. Yeah. Like, it feels dangerous to go there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I want to bring my... It's like, I want to go to this, but I don't want to bring my family. Because... <laughs> That's... We are all ages, though. <laughs> Bring your four-year-olds. <laughs> I would have loved it when I was four. Y'all totally. I would have loved it. But, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty different from what everyone else is doing. That is true. And that was the aim. I wanted to do that. Uh-huh. And so it's turned out better than I actually expected really uh when john and i were talking about doing it i felt like everything we were talking about was kind of an unrealistic expectation really like (laughs) Like we were talking about it and i was like we should call it funny buddies because that's basically the vibe i want where it's just like you go you hang out with your friends that are super funny and everyone's just having a blast like (laughs) we're all drinking margaritas on a beach like that's sort of a weird dreamy uh, positive vibe that you want positive vibe and then it's turned out to be a very positive vibe with people that don't even normally come and see comedy shows yeah yeah, you have like re- you have regular audience. Yeah, which they don't see any other comedy in Sacramento. Yeah, they just come to the deep end, which is also what I wanted to do. I wanted to foster an environment that is different from the stereotypical comedy vibe that a lot of people kind of go. It's like, like, it's, don't it's, know if I want to go and see comedy tonight because they're expecting dudes in Hawaiian shirts complaining about their wives. Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get that. So you wanted to kind of create like uh, a place where you, every week it's like this is good. This is a good place to do comedy, and the people who show up are showing up specifically because they are of the right mindset. Yeah, to to be at the show. Yeah. Okay. Not and because typically when when. Uh, I ever, whenever I go to a show, there's always kind of this aspect of, like, these people didn't know there was a show about to happen. Yeah. 
or they saw that this was like the best bet in the weekly or whatever. And yeah. Like, okay, I'm gonna go to this. As yeah, we have to a lot home. of people show up that somehow heard of us from a friend, uh-huh. and they didn't have anything else to do. Oh and yeah, so yeah. It was free, and so they showed up, and possibly they heard that there was free food, and so yeah, like that sounds like a pretty uh, kind of negative when I say it in that way, but it's. Totally not. Like, very cool people show up that are open-minded about the show uh-huh. and end up having a really good time and yeah, yeah. come up to you afterwards and talk about how much they liked your jokes in the space. And that's... I don't know. I, I thought it would be way harder to get those types of people to come out. I thought we would have to promote it a lot and have a lot of people talk about us and yet we still have a bunch of floaters coming in that just heard about it from one person and then uh-huh. they end up telling more people and then they end up coming every week. Oh, so yeah, it's yeah. really strange. It's like <laughs> one of those like fables of a cult following and it's sort of happening. Your room and went viral. <laughs> yeah, it's super weird. It's super weird. Last, and I, I mean, I'm talking about it like we get like 50 people in all the time, which we don't. We haven't yet. But you got to remember, there's like, I think there's a grand total of, I want to say like 20 to 25 chairs in that space. And that's, and uh, for those of you who've never been there, it's really tiny. Like it's like a, it's an art studio. That's like a hallway straight back, like a large kitchen. Like there's not a lot of room in it, but every time I've gone, it's always been like, it's like, there's normally like one or two chairs that are empty. And then there's always people standing at the back. Yeah, Typically we've comics, had but... we've had a full house, I think twice. Really? Where every chair was filled, and then we had some people standing, or in the back, or outside. Yeah. So we've had that before, and I was expecting we would get eight people to show up every week. <laughs> I was expecting <laughs> a very small crowd, which was comforting to me i was kind of like this is where i'll get my chops and i'll try out my jokes and it'll be safe yeah and i still feel safe there i feel really good it's a really great room to try stuff out and oh yeah i it feel like even when nobody laughs at my joke I still feel like I can save myself (laughs) and I don't feel that way everywhere. (laughs) I get that. I totally get that. Um, So one thing I noticed that you do uh, at the deep end that, that that most other comics don't do is uh, you and John go up like in tandem, like the both of you are on stage at the same time, which I, I think you're the only you're the only pair of people I've ever like seen do that in terms Ooh. of like comedy other than like the only other analog I can think of is like key and peel. Like, like, yeah. Like big well, that people. was kind of blatantly copied from the meltdown. Okay. With Jonah and Camille, um, <laughs> which is what, when I was watching um, comedy central gave them a show, which was just them taking video of their live show at meltdown comics and every time I would watch that, I would be like, that's what I want to have. Okay. <laughs> like, I just want that sort of um, very L.A. style show. Uh-huh. And 
I would go down to LA and see shows like that. And people dual host a lot down there. Really? Because it's a lot of riffing. It's a lot of... It's very different from what you think of when you think of someone hosts a comedy show. (laughs) You think of one person being like, I'm going to do my 10 minutes and then introduce everyone very enthusiastically. And... I've noticed that John makes me so much funnier <laughs> than when I'm alone because yeah. we're bratty together. And yeah, you have a, you have complimentary have, like personalities. Yeah, we. He's one of my very best friends in the entire world, and when you're around someone you totally love, you're a lot funnier. Yeah, so that makes sense. It's that sort of comfort thing again, where <laughs> I thought um, when we first started out the show, we would switch off who would host but then as the weeks went by I'm the type of person that I want to mix stuff up so I've had people come up and read sketches I've written and I've gone up and just read really (laughs) dumb poems that I think are funny (laughs) like (laughs) this is my one outlet (laughs) to do a bunch of stuff that I think is really funny and see if other people think it's funny and so with wanting to do something different every week um I thought that John and I should try out dual hosting and we talked about it and then did it and it ended up being even funnier than we thought it would be Uh uh-huh because it's it was kind of a gamble Oh, totally. Because, especially because we just choose our subjects before we go up. We just sort of say, oh, let's just talk about these three things. We can talk about that. We talked about that earlier this week. (laughs) Just the two of us. (laughs) And that conversation we had was really funny. And so we sort of duplicate our conversations we have together in coffee shops. (laughs) And... Put that on stage. I didn't. I didn't know you could do an act that way. <laughs> yeah, well, like we probably can't. We probably like we're probably very egotistical and like adore. This is every time we're doing the show. Like, you people are so nice that you're okay with what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I I am very surprised when I say something and people are actually laughing. <laughs> I, I'm just very surprised. Yeah, that 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 feeling never goes away. That's yeah. always there. Like. Well, especially because I am way more comfortable with improv. And okay, so I can see that. I'm the type of person that I really like riffing and really like being funny in conversation. And that's uh-huh. where I feel like I'm the funniest. And so I wanted to somehow do something that was a duplication of the Comedy Bang Bang podcast or something like that just something just something where it's like it has there's an improv element that's clearly there yeah where there's a riffing element but well, it's because... also like closer to stand-up than improv yeah would be. yeah okay it's I get that. a sort of combination of things and i think it works yeah it sets it sets a very um it sets a tone yeah i think that's important and i think that's what makes uh the show that you do like interesting to me is it's like it's very um tonal everything about it is like because i sometimes you have to go to a room and Mm -hmm. you kind of have to fight the architecture of the room or the layout or like there's there's like like oh this one thing about it is great but then i feel like i have to fight against 
these other things or these other distractions. The deep end is really like the room works in your favor mm-hmm. in a very like like a really substantial way. Well, I think because the room is so minimal apart from the photo equipment that John and I pack away and yeah, then put stuff, back up every, yeah. every show. <laughs> like there's just random lights in the back and yeah, yeah. a bunch of equipment and stuff. But the rest of it, we have white brick and white walls and bare floors and it's very bare and minimal and I think that gives a lot of freedom to our performers uh-huh. that they don't really have in other places. Oh, okay. Like yeah. when you go up in a cafe, you have the waitress that's getting everyone's drinks and you have people walking in and out in kind of a distracting way. And with us, we have our doors open, so you can walk in and out freely and it's not really a discri- distraction. Yeah, if you're and, and the way it's set up, like if you're watching the show, you don't you can just focus on the show entirely. You yeah. have no idea what's happening any other spot in the building. Yeah. So it like lends itself to yeah. just a good 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 environment. Mm-hmm. But also just like it's got a low ce- I don't know why this is weird. Like it has a <laughs> low ceiling that isn't done yet so there's like rafters that yeah. catch the laughter and make it well, sound louder. Well it used louder. to be people used to work on cars. Oh really? In that <laughs> little space. It was literally a garage. Okay. And then they converted it into a space that could be used for a studio, any sort of studio. There's a um, woman next door to the show in the same little garage building. Uh-huh. She makes corsets. And so <laughs> that's what's happening next door. So it's like kind of this weird little like artsy collective area where yeah. on Thursdays we have a comedy yeah. show. Yeah, and then next to her is a bike shop. Okay. So... It's a sort of collective area, and then when our show isn't going on, people are taking photos and videos in the studio. Interesting. So I think that sort of space lends itself to a creative environment, and I don't want to get all hippie on you, but the vibes... (laughs) (laughs) The vibes are pretty, pretty... Pretty loose. Okay, okay. I can see that. Yeah. Is it so? What do you like? I know that they're like. What do you want to do with it? Like, what's the next thing that you're trying to like work toward? Because now you have like a good space to to do like real like creative work in. Well, John and I were talking about how we wanted to do some improv in there, and we wanted to do some sketches that were rehearsed, and we even want to show. We want to make a lot of videos uh-huh. so we can project videos onto the wall and oh yeah that would be watch cool. a video yeah that we've done and i want to make it um more involved i guess okay um right now it's very there's a loose structure and i really like it but sometimes i really want to just put on like a full-on show uh-huh. and i feel like i can do that there oh yeah i totally and understand that. so I don't know. It takes a lot more preparation, but I feel like that's kind of the uh, direction we want to go in. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that'll be exciting to see when it when it finally comes along. Yeah. Well, we were thinking of just having 
probably um, most of the shows just keep it going the way that it is right now. And then once a month, do an involved show with sketches and videos. Oh, yeah, that would be good. um, We want to get people from out of town. And uh, we've had people from out of town, but we want to be known. Okay. We want to be famous (laughs) in the entire comedy world. (laughs) I want everyone to know my name. But yeah, Um, I I would like it to be the sort of space that people want to travel to perform in. Okay. Because um, I don't know much about the San Francisco comedy scene, but... I'd like people from that area to come. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And um, I don't know. I think what we have going is unique enough that people might want to go the distance. Oh, yeah. Try out something new. I think they would. Yeah. I've I've gone to like those are the kind of shows that whenever I go down to the bay that I like to do. Yeah. Or just like the weird in a place that's probably not supposed to be having comedy. But hey, we're here. But that's always fun because it feels yeah. like it feels like you're breaking a rule somehow. Yeah. But it's also very positive. Yeah. It, for some <laughs> reason, those environments are so much more positive than a place where you're paying a $20 ticket and have to buy two drinks for. Yeah. For some reason, <laughs> the people that go and see an underground comedy show are way happier and it's probably because they're not spending 50 bucks on a night out and they also got like free pizza and yeah and yeah and whatnot in our case <laughs> it's probably because they're well fed <laughs> yeah so you feel good feel yeah. okay okay we've gone for a good 45 minutes do you have any other lingering <sighs> thoughts that you would like to ask get out thoughts um I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> That's now fine. I'm all on the spot having to think <laughs> of a question and some thoughts. Um, well, I, I'll, I'll just I'll plug the deep end once again. <laughs> okay. Even though that's what we've been talking about this yes. entire time. Um, I'm going to plug my friends that come out and see the deep end yeah they're shout awesome. out <laughs> do the shout out shout out to everyone that has given me hope for the world <laughs> shout out for that it's hard sometimes t- t- you guys are making it better <laughs> killer all right yeah. well thanks for doing this mazzy i appreciate it thank thanks for you for by. having me Hey, folks, that's been the show. I'm really glad you listened to it. Okay, next week on the show, I'm talking to stand-up comedian Kate Willett. I was able to, to catch her at a lounge at the Hilton Hotel in Sacramento. We talked for about half an hour, 45 minutes about comedy and various things, so stay tuned for that. Uh, if you want to get at me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bucky Gums. Uh, I'm really glad you guys listened to it. We've only got about 16 left, so stay tuned for that. My name is JoJo Lewis. Have a good one, you guys. Told you this would work. <laughs>